And um, maybe we should just have an invitation, you know, do it that way. Is everybody doing all right? Good. If I do not do this, there's going to be some unintended excitement (laughs) this morning. So pardon me a moment. Yeah. And so I'm really trusting that my fingers are going to be able to do it. Yep, okay, great. Todd, what did you do to this chair, dude? Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. All right, we are in a series called Drop It, and um, this is the fourth in that series. So the way I want to start this sermon is is I want to play a game with you, okay? And uh, this is a game that my daughter introduced me to maybe fifth grade, fourth grade. I'd never played it before. But she found some book, or they did this in school or something like that. And it's the Would You Rather game. Have you ever played the Would You Rather game? Like, yeah. Well, I didn't know about it until my daughter. So here's how we're going to do it. You're going to have to raise your hand. Are you all comfortable? We're Baptist. So it's, you know, kind of trying to get that up is kind of, you know. You know, there's different, like I saw a comedian do this one time. There's different forms of, like, Worship and raising your hand. There's the carry the TV. Right. Right. There's the hold the baby. Right. Yeah. I can't go all the way through it. Wash the windows. Wash the windows. Yeah. Nice. High five. Yeah, high five. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, would you rather, so you're going to have to, if, if you don't mind raising your hand and participating, that'd be great. It's kind of awkward for me, not for anybody else, when people don't raise their hand. But maybe you want me to feel awkward, right? Todd, right? Okay, so here we go. Would you rather game? Here we go. Would you rather go into the past and meet your ancestors or go into the future and meet your great-grandchildren? So if it's ancestors, raise your hand. Okay, great. Great-grandchildren, raise your hand. Okay, awesome. Now this section. Oh, you're all doing it. Great. That even works better. That's, that's awesome. I'd rather you all do it. Awesome. Good, cool. I was going to do it in sections as to kind of help the Baptists with their hand raising. That's what I was trying to, that was the thought process. Okay, great. I'm glad you're all doing it. This microphone. Okay. Would you rather have more time or more money? Okay, more time, yeah, or more money, yeah, yeah, there, there you go, yeah. Would you rather have a rewind button or a pause button on your life? Rewind, rewind, good. How about a pause, pause button, yeah. You notice the family that just had a daughter get married says, pause, right? Right here? Yeah. Unanimous all the way across. Yeah, pause, yeah. Yeah. Four, this is the next one. Would you rather be able to talk with animals or speak foreign languages? Okay. If you'd rather talk to animals, raise your hand. Great. 
If, <laughs> if you'd rather speak foreign languages, raise your hand. Good, great. Well, we know who does not have cats. <laughs> that, that solves that issue right there. Right there, we, we solved it. Yeah. Would you rather win the lottery or live twice as long? Okay. Who would rather win the lottery? Okay, lottery. Who would rather live twice as long? Right. Wow. That's nice. That caused some conversation there. Mm -hmm. Okay, here you go. Would you rather meet George Washington or President Trump? George Washington? Good. President Trump? Good. Good. There you go. Would you rather lose your vision or your hearing? Okay. If you would rather lose your vision, raise your hand. Wow. Wow. Would you rather lose your hearing? Yeah, all, all day long. Okay. Would you rather be Batman or Superman? Batman? Batman? Superman? Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow, this, this is great. Okay, I have two more. For your birthday, would you rather receive cash or gifts? Cash? Okay, good. Gifts. Gifts. Very good. Very good. And then the last one. This is a tougher one. Would you rather put a stop to war or end world hunger? Would you, right. Would you rather stop, put a stop to war or end world hunger? War? War? In world hunger? Okay, very good. Now, with all that in mind, I need you to turn in your Bibles to t uh, Matthew, Mark, or John. <laughs> Just pick one. Wait, 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 wait. Would you rather turn to Matthew <laughs> or Mark this morning? We'll go to Mark 10. Mark chapter 10. Yeah. <laughs> rather, what would you rather do? And we're going to begin reading with verse 17. Verse 17. And this is what it says. And he, that's Jesus, was setting out on his journey. A man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, or do not covet. Honor your father and mother. 
And he said to him, teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. This is the first time the rather game had ever been played. And it was played with a rich, young ruler. We know he was rich. We know he was young from other passages of Scripture. And Jesus basically said, you're either going to follow me and sell all that you have and give to the poor, or you're not going to follow me and sell all, and keep all you have and go away without following me. That was the either or. Now, the guy, he, he has a good idea, right? He, he has everything in life. He has all his possessions. He's, he's well-known in his city. He may own businesses. I don't know where he received all his wealth, but he must be some type of successful businessman in, in the community. He must be well-respected. He probably has a good family, possibly. Maybe he doesn't have a family. Maybe he's young and he's just successful. But he wants one more thing. There's one more thing that he doesn't have, and that's eternal life. Now, there are people that would say that, that uh, he didn't really mean eternal life. He meant something else because the Jewish thought of, of now and then, and, and they'll get into all this kind of stuff. I'm here to tell you today that he was asking Jesus for eternal life. It, he wanted to go to heaven. In, in Scripture, eternal is eternal, and life is life, and there's no reason to take it any differently right here. He was really asking for salvation. What must I do to be saved? What must I do to go to heaven with you? What must I do to live in eternity for you? He knew that. That's why he asked for that. So he comes, he comes up, and he, knew, he knows he's missing that. Because you can have the entire world and lose your soul. So he came to Jesus, he asked for that, and Jesus responds to him, and he says, go sell, give to the poor, give it all up, and follow me. So, question, is there anything that keeps you from fully following Jesus? Is there anything that is preventing you from fully following Jesus? Jesus, or I might put it to you this way, are there things that keep you, or keep, keep you from fully following Jesus? Are there things that keep you from fully following Jesus? Are there things in your life that keeps you from doing that? If there are, you and I are playing the rather game. It's either this or this. Jesus in Scripture says you cannot walk in darkness and walk in light at the same time. You can't do it. You can't straddle the fence and be a Christian. You, you can't do that. It is either or. You're either on this side of the fence not following Jesus or you're on this side of the fence following him with your whole heart, your whole soul, and doing whatever he wants you to do. It's, it's a rather then. It's a rather then. Is there anything that gets in the way of church, 
your prayer life, your devotional time, your kingdom service opportunities? Is there anything that gets in the way of you serving God, you spending time with God, you praying to God, you following God? Is there anything in your life that does that? Is there anything that keeps you from fully, 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 fully following Jesus? So here's the next question. Can you drop it? Can you drop it? Or would it make you sad to drop it? And that's why you don't. Could you live today with something not getting done if you knew you were following Jesus at 100%? Could you leave it alone long enough to spend time with him during the week? Could you leave it alone long enough on Sunday to spend time with him and his people at church? Could you leave it alone and out of the way and drop it? And focus totally on Jesus and who he is and what it means to follow him. Or would it make you sad? Or would it keep you from doing that? Or would it keep you from taking that step? Is everybody tracking with me? See, this text is really talking to two different types of people. It's a person that's not saved and people that are saved. The person that isn't saved has chosen to follow their, their own life, their own sin, their own thing, and not choose Jesus. There might be people in this room right now that haven't received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you've been thinking about it for a very long period of time. But something keeps holding you back from actually taking the step and saying, hey, I need Jesus, I'm going to ask forgiveness for my sins, I'm going to ask him to be my savior, and I'm going to start following him. There is something in your heart, something in your soul that prevents you from taking that very easy, basic step, that life-changing step. Whatever that is, is the thing that you will not drop in order to follow Jesus, in order to become a Christian. And until you are willing to drop it, you will not receive him as your savior. That is just a reality. It's just a reality. My prayer for anyone in this room that has that difficulty, is that you would come to the place where that does not seem like it's important at all anymore and that your need for the Savior outweighs your need for whatever thing this is. And it drops. The second type of person in this room is the person that is saved, that came to a point where they ask forgiveness for their sins and they receive Jesus as their Savior, but they're no longer walking in the light of Christ. They're no longer fully following Jesus like they once did. They no longer are showing the love to Jesus and his sacrifice for them on the cross like they once did. They have stopped really following Jesus. Now this individual, there's two, there's two or three different ways that this thing could go. It could be a Christian that is just misguided. They've fallen into sin They've followed the wrong, wrong crowd. They know, they know that they're in, in sin. It troubles their hearts. They're still a Christian, but they're still struggling getting back to following Jesus. We'll, we'll put that there, okay? There's also carnal Christians that have never grown. They've asked Jesus to come into their heart, but they still li live their worldly life. They're really Christians, but they're still just trying to ride the fence, right? And then there's the person that thinks they're a Christian, but they're not. The individual that followed a bunch of their friends down forward one day when everybody else was receiving Christ and they decided to receive Christ. Don't tell me this doesn't happen. It happens. It happens. 
It's the person that grew up in church that thinks because that they, they received Christ when they were five that they, they're saved, and all the while they really didn't understand it. They understand it now. They've had a tug on their heart to, to really accept Christ, but they haven't responded to it. But they're not following Jesus. They're just mixed up, and they're confused. There are those people. So there's three types of these Christians. Here's the one type of believer that you need to be. You and I need to be someone that follows Jesus Christ at 110%. That when we play the rather game with the world or with him, he always wins. Am I going to elevate my love of this TV show over Jesus? No. I choose Jesus. Am I going to hold on to this particular sin that I am doing over Jesus? No. This sin is fun. Come on. This sin is fun. I get a kick out of it. Man, it makes me feel really good. Sometimes it makes me feel really powerful. I am not going to let my feeling for that particular sin outweigh my choice to follow Jesus at 100%. If it's a either or, I'm going to choose Jesus. What would you rather have? Would you rather be living a life that, that just doesn't exemplify what the Savior wants you to be? Or do you want to choose Jesus and be everything that he wants you to be? good question, is it? Isn't it? So, throw the Ten Commandments up there, at least six of them. I have no idea why he is on that picture. The person that put this picture together obviously has never seen that movie, right? They didn't see the Ten Commandments when they opened the Ark of the Covenant. Are you tracking with me? Are you? Okay, okay. I'm not recommending the film, but I, but I like it. Okay, Be clear about that, okay? Jesus lists, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, thou shalt not covet. And then he throws in, honor your father and your mother. No, yes, right? Right? That's what he throws in. He leaves out a couple. So if I played the, the rather game, would I rather kill somebody or follow Jesus? Well, it depends on who. No, 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 no. I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather follow Jesus, right? Would I rather commit adultery or follow Jesus? I'd rather follow Jesus. Would I rather steal or follow Jesus? Uh, I'd rather follow Jesus. Would I w rather lie against my neighbor or follow Jesus? I'd rather follow Jesus. Would I rather covet or follow Jesus? I'd rather follow Jesus. It's not an either or for the mother and father thing. Because when you honor your mother and father, you are following Jesus, right? It's not an either or. However, this guy, though he could answer truthfully to the ones that Jesus gave him, right? Because he said, I've kept, I've kept all of the ones that you just listed, right? He could, he could do it truthfully. Jesus didn't say the other four. Because he knew that he couldn't answer him truthfully. 
thou shalt have no other gods before me. If you're pursuing money over Jesus, that's your God. If you're pursuing standing over Jesus, that's your God. If you're pursuing good times with your friends over Jesus, that's your God. Are you tracking with me? He couldn't answer that one authentically. You shall not make any image or any idols that you worship. This guy has definitely things that he worships at home. He definitely has trinkets from his family that are heirlooms that he really loves and that's in a prominent place in his home. Now, I am not saying that if you have a trinket that's in a prominent place in your home, that it's necessarily an idol. But if you're choosing that trinket or that item above Jesus, it is an idol. It is an idol. Which would go first? And I'll just throw out one for me. My great-granddad's clock or my Bible? Which would go first? They're sitting on the mantle side by side, and I had to get rid of one of them. Which one would go? If I choose the clock, I have an idol. If I choose the Bible, I don't have an idol. Though that would be a very hard decision. Come on, you are, you are not being real if that's not a hard decision. A family heirloom, something that connects you with the dad that gave you life, something that connects you that way has, has a value to it, but that value cannot outweigh the Bible. Would it cost me something to get rid of the clock and say it has to go? Yes. Would it cost me more if I chose the clock over the Bible? Yes. Because, ladies and gentlemen, there is a cost to fully following Jesus. And sometimes it hurts to give up the thing that you don't really want to give up for Jesus in order to follow him. Sometimes there is an uncomfortable price to pay for doing the right thing. It's an uncomfortable price. But you pay it. You pay it. You pay it. Check this out. And he said to him, teacher, verse 20, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And disheartened, his face fell by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. He had great possessions. He just could not get rid of those things. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. Because the disciples had in their mind that if you're rich, you're being blessed by God. And of course you're going to heaven. That's what they had in their mind. They thought it was easier for people that were rich and being blessed by God to go to heaven than people that were not being blessed as much because they had that prosperity gospel, if you will, sort of theological viewpoint that's incorrect. But Jesus said to them, again, children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom 
of God. I want you to notice something. He didn't say difficult for the rich people in this statement. He said it's difficult for anyone to enter the kingdom of God. Verse 25, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Then he gets back to the rich people. And so in the disciples' minds, they're thinking, if it's that hard for a rich person to get there, I have no hope. In fact, it is impossible for me to get there. They were exceedingly astonished and said to him, then who can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, with man... It is impossible. I want to stop there a moment. Who can be saved? With man? Trying to work out his own salvation? It's absolutely impossible. But then it says in the next word, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. Everyone, rich, poor, can be saved because we have a God that works through the impossible. One of the reasons I'd rather have Jesus than anything else in the world is because Jesus would rather have me. It is absolutely impossible for me to get to heaven, for me to do the work to get there, for me to take care of my sins. But Jesus would rather have me in heaven than send me to hell. He would rather have me with him than see me have to suffer for my sins. And that is precisely the reason that Jesus Christ came. Jesus dropped heaven to save your soul. He dropped it. He left it. And he came here. The only thing that I can illustrate that particular drop with is like if you've ever been to somewhere really nice and then he came back to your house. Right? It was really nice. It was, it was, it was the nicest place. It was very fancy, very nice. And then he came back to your house. If you take that up billions of levels, Jesus left heaven to come to earth. Dirty, filthy, sin-ridden earth. He dropped heaven because he would rather have you than stay in heaven. He dropped his power for you. He dropped his power for you. I don't know about you, but I like to have all the power I could have. Right? I don't like to be powerless. If I have something, I like to keep it. For instance, if I had a good memory when I was 20, I want that same memory when I'm 40. If I had the body that could recover from a, a brief sprint down the road when I was 20, and it would recover in a matter of days, like not days, hours, minutes, and I'm fine, I really want that body at 40. I can no longer sprint down the road and recover anymore. I can't do mulch and recover anymore like I used to. I mean, I just can't. I can't do it. I want that body. I want that power. And you want that power too. Jesus Christ put aside his attributes to come to earth for you. He limited himself, the scripture says. 
He limited his omniscience. He limited his, his, uh, uh, his ability to know, his power, all that stuff. He limited it to come because he'd rather have you in heaven than not have you there. He dropped his power. He dropped his position for you. Scripture says that Jesus was made a little lower than the angels. Think about that a minute. He was made a little lower than the angels. He dropped his position to save your soul. He dropped his comfort for you. I bet the air in heaven's a lot better than the air here. I'm not so sure that there's even pollen in heaven. No allergy medication. You can breathe during the springtime when you're supposed to be doing the flower. I'm, I'm sure he dropped all of that to came here. He dropped heaven and streets of gold so that his feet would get dirty because he would rather have you than stay in heaven. Think about that. If I was God, the time period he came in wouldn't have been my choice. If I was God and knew that there was going to be air conditioning in the future, I would come during the air conditioning where there would be like showers and baths and and you could get a massage from all the walking you're doing. And instead of walking, you could actually take a car or a moped or a bus. Think about this. Jesus not only left the comforts of heaven, but he came in a time where it would be physically hard for him to exist. Harder than it is for us now. And the reason is his, he wanted you. He would rather have you than have the comforts of life. He dropped his blood for you. He dropped his blood. Every drop on that cross, from the nails in his hands, from the way he suffered on his body, from the nails on his feet, every blood, every drop of blood that hit that ground, he dropped it so that you could be saved. He dropped it because he would rather have you than anything else in the world. I ask you this morning, why is it so tough to drop the sins that so easily beset us to follow our Savior? Why is it so tough? Why is it so tough to not just take the selfishness that we have inside and the me mentality that it's all about me and set it aside and just be about Jesus? And just be about following him? And just be about doing what he wants us to do? Why is it so hard when he gave it all up because he would rather have you? Isn't it about time that you would rather have Jesus than anything else in the world? Yes. 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 You're winning your next argument is not more important 
than you leaving that argument behind and following Jesus. Your being all that in a bag of barbecue potato chips is not as important as you leaving it all behind and following Jesus. Whatever your job has that you're so wrapped up in that takes you away from Jesus is not more important than following Jesus and following him and living in his life. Jesus Christ has already demonstrated his love for us through the cross of Calvary that he would rather have you. It is about time that Christians would rather have him. We are too distracted. And to be honest with you, sometimes, sometimes, I wish that I could go back in a simpler day where there's not television, there's not the internet, there's not all this stuff that distracts people. It's just work, hard work, and Jesus. We are so, so distracted. I would rather have Jesus. Um, this one? Yeah. So what I want you to do right now is I want you to turn to your neighbor. And I want you to tell them some of the things that other people would rather have besides Jesus. Other people, not you, but other people that you know of in the community that they would rather have than Jesus. So take a moment to do that. You can talk. This is the moment you can talk. (laughs) This one? All right. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hands than to be the king of a vast domain and be held in sin's drenched sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world rather have Jesus than men 
is a plot I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame I'd rather be true to his holy Than to be the king of a vast domain and be held in sin's great sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today he's fairer than lilies and rarest bloom he's sweeter than honey out of the comb he's all my hungering spirit needs I'd rather have Jesus and let him lead than to be the king of a vast domain and be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. I know that that is a simple message. I know it. But if you are choosing anything else than Jesus, you're missing out on something more profound than you could ever know. Choose Jesus above everything else. Choose him above everything else. Drop all of this and follow him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you.